Okay, so I have a question for you. We started our last show talking about like the new sphere of social medias and things like that. And this week... Things have changed in yeah, the last couple of days. Things have changed in the last couple of days where now Twitter is rebrand. Is it rebranding itself as X? And yeah. so it's no longer Twitter. It's just X. Yeah, and I think what I what I read was it's not just a rebrand. It's not just a like a logo and a name change. I, from what I read, it, it and this was a a tweet by Elon to somebody else I follow the world because this other person had talked about they they put a list of companies who had rebranded in their lifetime mm -hmm. and quite a few big companies like Amazon used to be called something else some other right. ridiculous name before it was Amazon for right. example um, but. He said, this is not just a rebranding. This is, it's, it's like a new direction for the company being the everything app. And I think what Elon, and I've, I've heard about this through other podcasts that I follow is that in China, there's an app called WhatsApp. Well, there's a WhatsApp app oh, yeah. that you can get anywhere, but in right. China, it's everything. It is your ticket to <laughs> everything. It is how you pay your bills. It is how you buy food at the grocery store. It is it's the everything app. And I think that's what he wants to make with X. He wants it to be the everything app. And also, I think it's going to probably play into his new, newly announced AI company, which I think was X.AI or something like that, or XAI. Yeah. So I think that all these things are kind of moving together. And obviously, it's a big source of data capture from all of its user base. So I'm sure it does play into all that. So, I mean, because he's got a, like space X. Um... You know, X is a cool letter. And it's in my last name. I mean, whatever. Duh. Yeah. Well, you can change. So you can change because you know, your Twitter handle is like TRXL. You can change. No, your... it's just E Troxel. I, I wish. Oh, that's I had right. Just that's TRXL. right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. But you could change that X to that. Because so I'm obviously we use uh, our DSLRs for our video. And I'm looking over at mine, like I'm looking right in the camera and I'm looking at the X. Here, wait, wait, let me look right in the camera too. So I get the full effect. Yes. But I'm looking at my Fujifilm X-T3 and the X looks exactly like the new Twitter X. And I'm just wondering, like, you, and, and I was, what, um, you can't call it the Twitter X. <laughs> There is no more Twitter. Well, the twi the Twitter X still are remnants. When people change their name or they go by something else or whatever, you know, people are going to have to get used to it. People are going to have they are going to say Twitter X or tweet on X. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Do we tweet anymore? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or or what? What are we calling it? Are we Xing each other? <laughs> right. So I did I did see somebody who said, "Oh wait." Before they update the app, let me rearrange my, some of the, uh, whatchamacallum, you know, apps on his phone. And so, mm -hmm. of course, he put S and then the ESPN one for E, and then he put Twitter at the end, just waiting for it to update. I'll let everybody right. else figure right. out what that, well, I think what that, that will spell even later. Elon, even Elon did that with the, with the Tesla models, right? There's the Model oh. S, and oh. then there's the Model 3, which was originally, I think, going to be named the Model E. You're right. Yep. Exactly. Yep. You're on the video. Yep. Exactly. And then the Model X. Yes. Mm. Exactly. Mm. So I, it's all it's all there. And, 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 and I, you know, with the with the infantile jokes that Elon does on Twitter, anyway, it sure. falls right into place. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. So there you go. Yep. But I but I'm just curious. I'm more curious about. Uh, I was watching a video from Van Neistat, and he was doing. He was doing something about how the he was spirited man, the spirited man. And so I was watching a spirited man video and it was him kind of like basically making a, um, a steroid version of he, he loves his, uh, GoPros, but he's just like, when I'm taking these like ultra slow mo's and stuff like that, that they, that they're just too wide of an angle. And so he wanted to adjust it and he wanted to kind of do a fit it with a lens and stuff. And so he was like fitting it and things and he's just like, did I just make a, a really expensive kind of like scabbed on version of, I, I can't remember which one, but he was showing a couple of different cameras and they all had the X, but mm. I, I think, and I can't remember if it was Canon 
I'm not sure which one, but that X looked exactly like the Twitter X. I'm looking at the, the logo for my X webcam, whatever it is for, for, to control my, my Fuji film. And oh, it yeah, is for your, your app. And, yeah. And it's an X because it is the X series. And if you go to Fuji and you look at the X series, it looks exactly like that. I'm just like, maybe you could have been a little bit more creative with, I mean, use X all you want to, but X marks the spot. Well, he didn't do the logo. It was like a crowdsourced logo. It was, there was a logo design mm -hmm. contest and it was like, whoever comes up with the coolest logo. And, and so now there's a, there's a judgment call here on what is the coolest <laughs> for the, sure. What's going to be funny is there might be a judgment call in front of a judge a, pat, yeah, a patent judge who, you know, said, Hey, it's you just ripped X, off our, but you ripped off. It's, it's, I'm like, saying, it's I'm, like also I'm, exactly the same as some font on the, on that anybody yes. can get on the internet. It, exactly. it, it's like straight out of a font file. I, I, th I think, yeah. I think somebody <laughs> did say, I'm, I'm hoping that Elon bought the subscription for that font package or something right. like that. And you're like, true, I guess. Yeah. Someone didn't think too hard about that one. No, yeah. no. Yeah. But it was, yeah. it was, I mean, I've, I've gone through the logo design thing oh, for myself too. for, for Troxel podcast and yeah. there's an X in there and I've done it many different ways. And man, there's a lot of ways you can do an X that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny and I didn't necessarily intend to talk about this, but why not? So when I was solo, you know, we were branding ourselves as, um, it was PVNR. It wasn't really solo. It was me and a couple of uh, college roommates. And it took us almost a year to come up with and agree upon the logo, the font, the color, all of that stuff. And then I wanted to just do like kind of like a, you know, a monogram or a logo for myself. And so I did one. Did you say P, B, and R? So like P, Caps, Blue Ribbon, no. Architects? P, V, V, oh, v. Okay. v and R. <laughs> Right, it was, right. it was the, it was the first initial of our last names. Of and, course it was. Welcome. You know, exactly. Welcome to the, welcome to the firm. Well, <laughs> welcome to everybody else's stuff. Um, Turns out that's how they're all named. <laughs> I, I, I believe that the firm I work for now, ASG is Ayers for Richard Ayers, Saint for Kelsey Saint and Gross for Adam Gross. There you go. And two out of three of the, <laughs> two out of three of them are long gone, but. The formula, yeah. the formula survives. The formula. Yeah. We did. Oh. You know, what was interesting is like, I, I remember back when I worked for firms where it was literally their full last names and like, if they would retire or leave, there was like X amount of time where you basically had to rebrand yourself. So we went through the, we went through it, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how long you suffered or went through different logos or things like that. And it just. I think you actually, like our logo for the show, we just went through at least for the, for whatchamacallit, for YouTube, we've sort of got a, I guess, a new logo-ish. Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so. Yeah. But I mean, like for the longest time, it was what the architect's brain. Yeah. Pattern. The brain logo, we call it. Yeah. But, but they, the, yeah, the reason I did a new, I would call it like a symbol for that is because we needed something that was really small and legible. And right, right. the the thing, if, if we, you, if you take our it. whole logo and shrink it, yeah. which is like, this is probably like branding 101, no go kind of a, a design thing. It's right. like, you have to look at your your brand symbol at, or your your logo at every scale. Right. And it has right. to work at every scale. And ours yeah. doesn't work at a very small scale. So right. we made a a different version for the, for the small, every well, podcast, which, YouTube channel. And, and this is a pretty, out. this is a pretty good logo, simple, clean. Now, if, if like that was not there and that was not there. Know. People have tattoos of this and exactly. Hey, let's not mention it. Let's give people another reason to go to the video, to go to our YouTube channel and watch the video of this podcast and rather than just to go see our logo on our YouTube channel. Now yeah. They have another reason to go. Now you should go and check out our logo, but also go and figure out what Cormac was showing so that you can yeah. see and show us your tattoos of that particular logo. <laughs> yeah. You, you'll make a friend for life right there with Cormac. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I will say that I, 
Speaking of that particular uh, logo that I just showed, again, go to the show to see what I'm talking about. Uh, Most logo in audio. Yeah. Exactly. A, a a friend of mine, before he was a friend of mine, it was our kids were in class together and then they joined the scouts together. And so I was walking out from a scout event to walking past his vehicle and I saw that logo on the back of his minivan and you you instantly had this kinship. Oh, yeah. of course. It was just, if you're, if you're going to drive a minivan and you want to kind of like. I can't even say what I want to say right now because I don't <laughs> want to give anybody an idea. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I had that same sticker on the back of my Mercedes E320 wagon. <laughs> Your dad wagon. My dad wagon. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm pretty sure that the sticker was on the back of the Millennium Falcon too. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be the random show, I feel like. This is uh, we're, we're going to squeeze two episodes into this week and, and because you've got a, a vacation planned and and I be, I think it's, it's it's okay to say that, but yeah. We're we're double we're we're doubling up. We're going double duty this week and so this is probably a more random as the show, I, I, as they would I feel say, like I should make a wine yeah. recommendation at this point because, <laughs> as as they say in Formula One, we're double stacking, where it's there we go. it's stacking. one car comes into the pits and the other one's immediately right behind it, says boom boom, and then so that's what we're doing. Which that's by the way, people come to the show for they come exactly. to show for 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 this kind of insider Formula One information exactly. And this year is is the. Upco upcoming so people can date if they're into formula one they can date when this show is being recorded uh this weekend will be the belgian grand prix and then they will be going on their summer break mm, nice so and they deserve it and they do they're not making enough money they need some time off i mean there's there's a certain level of jet setting that you need to like uh, maintain exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> Let's get back to this Twitter logo. That, sorry, man, that was that just slipped right out. The X logo. Ooh, so see? Elon had a company named X that was the financial company before PayPal. Oh, even. okay. And I believe it is also what he calls his child, his son. It, even though it is not spelled like that, it is just the AE symbol, like you would see in aesthetics, for, in, for example. Right. Or you would actually see the A and the E kind of the... What do they call that symbol? I don't even know. Please tell us. Somebody tell comments. us. Tell yes. us. Tell us what that symbol is called. But but I believe he calls his child X as well. For you know that that's the easy way to say. It's funny. It's like when parents don't want to show or talk about their kids, specifically yeah. like their name or their face. The spirited man Van Van Nystad does this yeah. with his son, right? And, on the channel. And so X. exactly. And so you know, it's just like child X. Baby X come here. That's this kind of thing. And so, you know, it makes sense. So this is the X, yeah. this is the X episode. <laughs> Speaking of, of children that, that maybe that's what Twitter slash X is for, for Elon now at this point. Is well, yeah. I mean, it's, just I don't know why I wonder what for, his child's going to think about that. $40 million child. 40, 40 billion. 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 I, I, I said, <laughs> I said million. I meant billion. <laughs> Could, All right. So. I have two AI-related questions for you today. Okay. All right. I think this is where I would like to take this episode next. So this is uh, getting a little bit more architectural with the topic. The first question, and I will just forewarn you, these are loaded questions. Okay? But these are things that I've been thinking right. about. Yeah. <laughs> He's ready. All right. So is AI going to do to architecture what HGTV did to architecture? Well. Should I explain? No, I, I, well, I Don't mean. Don't need me to. No, you can go ahead and, you can go and explain. I mean, because my gut feeling is yes. Okay, so we've talked about the HGTV-ification of architecture before, uh, where expectations have been highly modified with the general public as to the power of design, how long it takes, mm -hmm. uh, what things aesthetically should look like, 
Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's highly integrated into the do it yourself movement. Uh, right. And so these, these TV shows are really designed to give people ideas and, but also, you know, improve their spaces, but the, the unrealistic, the unrealistic expectation part of it is what we've really talked about before. Yep. We've actually called it drive through architecture, right? And now with AI and specifically the image generation AI yes. is what I'm yes. talking about. Oh, yeah, I'm talking yeah, yeah. About uh, mid journey. Uh, I'm talking about yeah. stable diffusion, things like that. And we've, we've spoken about those on the show before. And this just kind of popped into my head this morning. It was like, oh, this is like round two mm -hmm. of HGTV to mm -hmm. architecture where it's setting yeah. an expectation of what it takes to do design. Mm -hmm. And and I think what what's really sparking this for me is that people can learn how to prompt. And you've probably seen the meme going around. You've probably sent it to me where it's Pro like yeah. a client can't even explain to me what they want. <laughs> My job is safe. Yeah, right? my yeah. job is safe because they're yeah. not going to be able to explain it to a chatbot or a mid-journey either. Right. right, exactly. But at the same time, like you can actually ask, you could probably ask, I haven't tried this, you could probably ask ChatGPT to give you prompts for mid-journey <laughs> at this point to oh get my gosh. something usable out of it. Absolutely, because I just watched a video today where... A, an artist had create, who was doing logo design mm -hmm. had basically sit for, for X. Well, I, I think it might've been because of, or something like that, because basically yeah. they had said they asked chat GPT to provide basically a 10 bullet point thing for different company names and gave them kind of some prompts of, you know, sort of companies and stuff like that. And then took yeah, it, yeah. then Based took on it, some idea and then right. took it into mid journey or one of those image generators and basically used the prompts with all of the company names to create logos. And it was pretty interesting because it, I, I've, I've had this conversation with my son who wants, he was changing his major and wants to go into marketing and wants to do graphic design as well. And I'm like, well, you need to start embracing, uh, AI is like, you know, can I just do it the traditional way? I'm like, well. Again, again, it's sure. a, it, again, it's like our comment that we say is, is AI going to replace the architect? No, it is going to replace the architect who doesn't embrace AI. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. So there are, and there are specific like branding and logo based AI right, sites right. out yes, there yes. that will give you vector graphics that you don't even have to trace. Like if you yeah. really liked what, what it spit out at you, you can take it right into Illustrator and you can go crazy with it. So what's interesting is, I don't know if you've seen this, I think it was posted on the Entree Architect Facebook page, but somebody had posted something about, it was called Architect AI. And I haven't looked into what exactly it is, but of course, nobody else who has looked into it or not looked into it is starting to run the big red flags of, oh my gosh, what is this? Is this coming for our job and stuff? And now, probably not, but... I will the say. look is it the look X because there's there's I I put this on my in my newsletter I'm gonna try to get the the guy he he works at Zaha's office his name is Tim Fu okay and there is a an AI specifically that has been designed as an image generator for architects so it's been trained on architectural models mm -hmm. and some of the examples I think there was even a Dazine article where he did like crumpled paper and he said you know give me a building based on Frank Gehry, based on this crumpled oh, image. I, I have so seen that, yeah, 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 yeah. As the base image, and it and it gave like a beautiful basswood-looking model in the style of Frank Gehry. And then he said, okay, now do it in the style of Zaha. Now do it in the style of, you know, I don't know. I have, yeah, I, I have and, seen that. And they were beautiful. They were absolutely Oh, gorgeous. yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at them, you're like, yeah, this was, this was from Frank Gehry, or this is a Frank yeah. Gehry building. Or this right. is a Zaha building and it's just like, no, it's not. It's AI. Again, you know, the biggest, the biggest difference. And I was having this conversation of all people with my wife because we were making these parallels between education and educational foundation and architecture. But we were talking mm -hmm. about how you can have this kind of like idea of what you want, but without having like the foundation, you're in sure. the understanding of all of the different things that are the package that goes into building it. 
you're never going to, it's never going to be a successful building. It can be a successful image. You know, images are evocative and people want to look at them and we want to, you know, it's just like, those are the things that kind of create the emotions. Just like, yeah, yeah, that's what I want kind of thing. Well, and that's not a building. That is just an, that's just an image. And so it still is going to take the architect, the, the person who understands all of the different nuances of everything that goes in it. We've talked about the constraints of architecture, of like everything beyond that evocative image, all of those constraints that is still not going to be replaced. I mean, not yet, no. not yet. <laughs> and I, and, and what I mean by this, by, by AI, is it the next HGTV? I really mean it in the sense of uh, expectations. Exactly. Exactly. Be and the reason I say it like that is because when you go into your spiel about what architecture really is to, to realize a design, to mm -hmm. do all that work that you just talked about yep. and make it so that it, works with the code and make it so that it right. works with the site and get the permits and pass through the agency and respond to comments and actually get it built mm -hmm. is going to be a huge setup of disappointment. Oh yeah. Yeah. For that client yeah. who thought, what do you oh, mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I thought it was going to be easy. Well, and, and, and that's what HGTV did, did. And a lot of people have complained about this and, over the years too. And that's the disservice that HGTV's done. That's the disservice that the photorealistic renderings have done. I mean, we've sort of done this to ourselves anyway, because we sit down and we do these photorealistic renderings that are pre-concept, you know, maybe post-concept, but they're just in a concept phase. They haven't gone through and been vetted with you know, the technical staff. They haven't been gone through and vetted with materials. They haven't been gone and vetted through, you know, different manufacturers, you know, how they go together and everything else. And so we create an image that we promise people and they look at it and they're like, oh yeah, this is exactly what That's I want. The problem. Exactly. The promise is the it's problem. The, the promise is the problem because <laughs> so AI- it's a communication issue. Ex yeah. Exactly. Because when people say, oh, well, I was just watching on HGTV and they came over, they just met me in a Home Depot and they said, hey, we could remake your house. And then they came over the next day and they had- fully signed and sealed documents with the permit in hand. And over the weekend, we got it done. I mean, that's when I saw it. And you're just like, no, that's not how it works. Was it Extreme Home Makeover that was like on network TV back in the day? Oh, yeah, with that yeah, guy, yeah, that, yes. that contractor, Ty. Who yeah, Ty, host. Ty Pennington, was, yes. Yeah, so he was a, a he was a contractor for another Design on a Dime kind of show. Oh yeah, yeah. Before that, yeah. right? Trading Space. He was on Trading Spaces. I mean, my my because right, he's because guess what? He is on another show that does very much the same thing. And again, it's you know one of these HGTV shows. And my wife was just like, "Is time?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> and he's at he's at it again with it's other with other partners in crime, basically creating the promise. That. Well, I just remember watching that show because that was a, a show with a budget. All right. That show had a bit like they would do an incredible transformation. And what they would what when you saw the army of people descending <laughs> on their house yes. to do the work in yeah. an incredibly short amount of time, which was usually like a week, but it would get edited. All of this would get edited down into, was it two weeks? No, week no, I'm, I'm like, air quotes, I'm air quotes a, a week. No, they, it's just like, they, they, okay. they, they, so those, they start in shorts, they finish yeah. in, you know, in cold weather gear. Sweaters. <laughs> but it was only a week. Right, right. Well, and it was, but but there was an army of people. It yes, wasn't yeah. a normal job in yeah. any sense of the word. Like yeah. They had already got the permits. They had, and, and the way they tell the story doesn't allude to any of that. Right. And it doesn't give the audience who's watching the show, they're none the wiser. Right. They, they just have, because all of that is obscured from view. Right. And then that's what helps set the, 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 the expectations that lead to disappointment. And that is why I prefer to have both myself and anybody who wants to go into this venture, watch this old house. Because this old house will do an entire... Because it's an entire series. One full series is one house. And that one house will literally show you from start to finish. They'll even bring in the architect. They'll talk about challenges. They'll just like, and we ran into this problem. And here's how. And they're like sitting there with 
the contractors and the architect and the homeowner and all this other stuff. And it's just like, okay, what do you want to do? It's going to cost X amount. And so it's, it, it brings a level of reality that I wish that at the very least HGTV could work with the architectural and design community and say, Hey, we're going to do you a favor. We're going to drum up interest up like people coming for your services. But instead of telling them that it's going to be a weekend, that we're going to show you the reality of this and really do something. But it's not, it's just HGTV is like the, I don't know, what is it? What, what were those uh, reality TV shows on like MTV and stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was, it's, it's sensationalism TV rather than reality TV. It isn't really reality TV because reality TV would say, hey, you know that addition that you just put on your house in the past weekend? really actually takes X amount of time to actually do it. <laughs> the, yeah, there were no dis, there were no asterisks. And no, 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 no. And it plays into the whole idea of uh, the short attention span that everybody has. And and it reinforces that short attention span, right? So yeah. someone sitting down for a whole season to watch a house remodel on this old house doesn't work in today's model. It just doesn't work, right? So it would work for certain individuals, but for the masses, for, it doesn't yeah, work at all. For people who want, so like I watch it and I, ha I have it on because my office is me right now. And if I'm not on a Zoom call, have the TV on in the background so I can just hear it have, have like chatter going. You're one on. of those people. I just, I need. You need some noise. Well, I, I just need to know I'm not alone. I just Aww. need to know that I'm not alone. But, <laughs> but. I will usually put it on this old house and this old house is something that keeps me comfortable or keeps me company and I get to just sit there and listen to it. And you know how many things that I've actually learned and hopefully a lot of people else have learned yeah. from yeah, totally. from that show because that show really is, it really tells you all of the ins and outs of things. You know, when they demo yeah. something, it's just like, here are some of the things that you should look for when you're demoing things. And so it doesn't just say like these um, TV shows like Trading Faces and all this other stuff that you can just willy-nilly come in and start demoing stuff. It's just like, why is that all the wall? Exactly. We're, we're going for an open concept. I love it when people use that term on TV. We're, we're going to do an... <laughs> we're introducing the open concept. Yes. We're going we're gonna to do an open concept with our multi-story house. We're going to get rid of all of these walls. I'm like, oh, so you're going to make your two-story home a single story. Because when you remove that wall, the first, uh, the second floor is It'll coming work. down. It'll work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So At least before the TV show has been produced. After that, you know. Okay. So, so back to your original point about is AI going to be like the next HGTV for architects? And in a way, I would say yes. Now- I want to use an example and I know she's listening because um, she always does, which is awesome. And thank you very much. Um, but so when Mid Journey first came out, she had texted me, hey, you should check this out. And I'm going to go ahead and admit to her right now. I haven't. And but she, she used to do like these interior kind of like imagery and it was very fantastical. It was whimsical. It was amazing. It was amazing stuff that she was generating. The more and more she's used it and the more and more Mid Journey has evolved. She just recently posted some things. And so I'll put the link to her Instagram. I'm not going to give her a shout out because I, I, I want to keep, keep some anonymity for her because I mm. didn't ask her to, you know, say her name on the show. So I'm not going to. I will put her Instagram in the show notes and go and check out the evolution of the images that she's posted through mid journey. And more recently, she's posted some interiors that she's generated through mid journey and they're amazing. And they literally look real. They look like things oh, yeah. that you can do. And yeah, totally. And, and I've even, I've, I've bookmarked of some because I'm like, Oh, this would be great if I could do this in my house. And so there are, to me, this is a way for us to use this tool as a way to generate evocative images, emotional images to show the client. It's just like when we were like, would bring over, like, I remember the last time I did a house 
and I would bring over, they wanted to do a modern home. I brought over a handful of architect magazines and dwells and things like that. And we sat through there and we would like flip through and we would <laughs> totally tag them. to do that. Yeah. We yep. would flip through, we would tag them and all this other stuff. And, yep. and I would, you know, rip pages out and like file them and say, ooh, ooh, I want to remember this image or that image and stuff. Exactly. Ooh. Exactly. And, and so you kind of create that. And so we would say, this is what you know, we want to show you. And we would like hold up like an open book of like dwell or something. Like this. And it's just like, have you thought about like this idea and stuff? And so I think that it's a good way to quickly generate ideas that creates this kind of evocative, emotional kind of like attachment image that people were like, yeah, and this is kind of like the spirit of this room that I want to create. And, and then it's up to us to actually translate that into their space and make build, get buildable, make it all of the constraints, the codes and all that other stuff, kind of like apply it to all of that, but still use that as, because you know, think about it, we spend so much time going through Pinterest or all of these other things to show them these, these images of this is what I would like. Tell me what you, give me these ideas. Like you were saying is, you know, give me the prompts of like, you know, what you want. It's like, they, they don't even know what they want. So we sit there and we spend so much time kind of like distilling, kind of like pulling out of them what they want, what they're thinking, what they're feeling is like, what emotion do you want to feel when you go into this room? And what's amazing. I was just going to say like that, that actually is where architects can excel. And I think exactly. that we've lost the ability to communicate and i'm generalizing yeah. here that mm -hmm. the value of an architect is in yeah. the user experience yes yeah. and not just the uh encapsulation of space exactly and so exactly. the 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 user experience the emotional connection the feelings the inspirations the on top of the utility and the functionality where it's it really fits the users of the space whether it's residential or commercial or whatever is where the value of an architect actually lies. And if you can get them there sooner, this is a tool to do that. This is absolutely a tool to do that. I think my, you know, just going back to this question of, is it going to HGTV the profession of architecture again? I also think it's going to do that and because of the lack of communication skills that have existed so long with architects yeah. to be able to communicate. People, have, you brought up renderings earlier, photorealistic renderings. If you go too fast, too soon, you run the risk of over-promising and under-delivering. Yes. Yes. The journey is, is way too fast, way too soon. So how do you adjust to communicating those design ideas as design ideas, as direction, as inspiration, and rather that, than yeah. final product? Right? And that's where we need to increase our communication. It, it's, you know... It, just like the HGTV effect where it's, you know, setting the unrealistic expectations, showing them, and this is what you know, I always complain about every time we do these photorealistic renderings, is we're setting those unrealistic expectations, just like you just said, and it's our job, it, it's always been our job to tamper those expectations and show them inspiration, but also show them, it's like, okay, but remember, the budget. And this is like something that we can try to achieve if, you know, money was no object, you know, let's bring it back you in. You, show, you shouldn't be showing that then. If, well, of course, of course. <laughs> but what I'm saying, but if you, well, actually, if you think about it, like a lot of these clients, like, oh, can I do this? Like, yeah. How much do you have? I mean, it's just like, oh, well, I've only got this. I'm like, okay, then no, you can't do that. You can do. Well, it. it's interesting for me to look at real estate, which I had done a lot of at the end of last year. and. Mm -hmm. To think about, to, to actually see houses that were designed by architects and the, and yeah. the amount that was being commanded by those, those mm -hmm. residences versus uh, any other like kind a, of home. Like a builder home, you know, like the, a builder home, the quick turnover. Could, you know, and yeah, a tract home, yeah. it could be a, it could, it could be a, a one-off. It doesn't matter. Like right. the, the ones designed by architects were substantially more. And so how much you want to spend could also be reframed as how much you want to invest and what and what do you want this true, to be true. in 20 years versus you know now because or, or in the next two years because one of the other things that we we should be communicating which makes this very different from 
that next car you're going to buy mm -hmm. or that next phone you're going to buy that it's an expensive object but let's be let's be real you're going to replace it after a few years right right you're not going to be doing that with well, well you might move out of your space mm -hmm. your 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 house but you're not going to throw it away right, right? and right. so this thing is going to last for 20 or 30 years it's a it's an entirely different discussion and to right, frame right. it that way and talk about investments and talk about the value of something over time is a is a big deal when it comes to this so i think all of that plays into this how do you communicate what this really amazing tool can can produce in such a short amount of time right right if you can become really good at communicating that i think that you can you could probably convince people to build better things than they would initially be open to doing because their expectations right now are well look what my neighbor has like that's what you know or or look what my parents have or it's like it's just the things they know about and, right, and if right. you can show your creativity and show what's possible and we're not even talking about money yet right we're talking right. about space Va we're value. talking about value we're right. talking about functionality we're talking about all these other things that are much higher level before we start honing in on that i think you can you could start to make a case oh yeah for yeah. real architecture and if there wasn't anything that you and i haven't learned from our experience in k through 12 We've created spaces, some pretty amazing K through 12 type spaces on a very limited budget because we shuffle around like where the value is and where the value isn't, you know, those kind of things. And so if you think about it, budget is only a barrier if that's all you're concerned about and you're not concerned about all of the other things that you just said, the value and you know, longevity and all of the these experience. other things, the experience. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. 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 Well, you ready for my second question? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> get ready. Get, get ready. My second question also has to do with AI. Would, can, is AI going to replace the intern? <laughs> so think about what AI, what AI can do right now. And think we've had, we've had recent episodes talking about what schools do or do not prepare people to do in the profession right. of architecture once they graduate. And with the lack of attention span or existing olds mm -hmm. in the architectural profession right. to mentor, right? obvious. We talked about this quite a bit too. Yeah, yeah. If you can go to ChatGPT and have it summarize a meeting in the meeting minutes. If right. you can go to this thing, mid-journey, and get imagery that is going to be the start of conversation for design uh, and make a 3D model from it and generate plans from it. Like all of these things are, if not possible today, possible very soon. And I think they pro they already are possible today. Well, yeah. So if you can have a computer and AI do that kind of stuff, what good is an architectural intern? So it's interesting because I'm of two minds of how to answer that. The architectural intern will be good for basically doing the AI side of things because the old, as you said, won't be willing to do that because what is... So once again, the, the intern is just a... A button clicker. <laughs> a button clicker. <laughs> but if, and so here's the other side. It's like, if we actually do embrace it, the olds, you know, the mids and all of this other stuff, actually do embrace it and use AI to do some of the tasks that we would normally just go ahead and throw on an intern to do to give them a time filler because... And if we use things properly, if we do things properly, and I'm going to keep saying properly as many times as possible, but then we now could. You're just talking about a code of honor. You're not talking about. Well, no, reality. because hopefully you, hopefully you see where I'm going is I'm going that we should be utilizing them and actually learning how to be architects and not just button clickers, not just emailers, not just note takers. I mean, there is something to be said about like intentively, intently listening, intentively, really? Was that a word? No. Um, intently listening to a meeting and taking notes and, and distilling what was the important 
things that were said in the, in the meetings and things like that, because I mean, to me, when I was doing that, I was learning about what people valued as like the points of topic for all of these different meetings and not just, Hey, let's just talk about everything. No, it was, let's talk about the specific things, the important things, the things that we need to talk about to get this, get this project moving forward and all of that other stuff. Make decisions. Exactly. And so, okay, could AI generate meeting notes? And we, we'd even talked about that they could do those meeting notes and they could put them in the format of whatever company, you know, company X. And so, and so on back to the beginning. Exactly. And so sure we can have AI do things like that. I think we're missing out on an opportunity to, for learning, but going back to this whole thing about bringing them up to actually learn their job, because again, I don't want to do away with interns. Why? Because I, I want the next generation of architects to come in, basically take the position that I have now so I can move up to the next position and I'll keep moving up and then move out. It isn't, you were them. it isn't, it is, well, it, it isn't one of these, you know, oh, I just want to keep working till I retire kind of thing. And, you know, there is ultimately a point in time when I'm not going to be doing this and yeah. We, we want the next generations to be prepared to take over and to have a opportunity to foster innovation and take the profession further than we were even able to do and, and so on and so forth. So are, is it going to do away with interns? It's only going to do away with interns if we don't know what to do with interns. We don't. Yeah, I know. I know. Nobody does. I, that's why I said I mean, that, it. That, okay. So, so yeah, there's, I think one thing worth pointing out here is that this is what interns, emerging professional, new graduates need to be concerned about. If there are firms who are savvy enough to take on this technology, right. they are going to be competing directly against that. Yeah. But I would also say that the beauty of what large language models have brought to the market is that it is building on all of the knowledge that has been captured before so that you right. don't have to start from zero. Right, right, right. And so an intern could just as easily harness that knowledge as right. somebody who's been in the business for 40 years. Now, they won't have all the relationships and they won't have all of the know-how of how to deliver projects and all those things. I guarantee you they can look it up though because yeah. It, yeah. it has been captured before and they can... Oh, yeah, yeah. Go to YouTube, which we've talked about many times, to learn how to do a lot of this stuff. Right. I mean, because they're not getting it from the older generations. They're right. just not, right? And so for the for the few of the older generations who are sharing that information, it's out there. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to start from from nothing. And you don't necessarily have to compete against a firm that's using it if you can you can probably learn how to use it better than they can faster anyway. So I think for some firms, I think this is something that, that needs to be a conversation in, in the profession because AI could be the next intern, mm -hmm. but where, where do we draw the line and not even necessarily draw the line, but where do we place our value in the next generations to do what? And I, we've talked about this many times on the show. If you're not modeling something that, that the next generation wants to take over or have that as their career model or as their people model in leadership, you will lose them anyway. Mm -hmm. So it won't even matter. Like they're not gonna, if they don't, if they look at you and they say, why would I wanna be that? Then you're, you've already lost. Oh, come I mean, on, and, and there man. is plenty of that in the profession of architecture as well. That was hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> not the literal you. Oh, okay. I mean, there's something there, but we need to, this show isn't long enough for that. This therapy session. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you there. It's, at, at the end of the day, it's just going to be really, really interesting to just see where all of this goes, how we actually harness it, how we avoid it, all of these things. It's going to be really interesting to gauge successes and failures of firms in the profession, the person 
because this isn't going away. As everyone says, the genie's already out of the bottle. And there's, it is coming faster than we can possibly imagine. And back to your old adage of architects and their absolute just love affair with change. Oh, wait, no. Oh, wait, it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> just kind of the opposite. <laughs> it's going to really be interesting to see how we embrace this. And if we don't, what are going to be the consequences? Or if we do, what are going to be the consequences? It literally is a double-edged sword of like, what is coming? Like, people should be excited. There are so many people who are in fear of this. And, and I think that the people who are in fear of this, that are going to be very reluctant to embrace it, they may have a career for a little while longer. Now, when our clients start expecting things faster in just like all of these different demands that, that the HGTVing of architecture has done the same thing. I mean, because if you, I mean, I was just talking to somebody today and they're like, well, we decided to not go after this project. And it was mostly because of the schedule. And they sent me the schedule that they had published of this is what we want people who are pursuing this project to adhere to. And I almost, I gasped at how short of the schedule it was. And they had even asked you know, these clients. HGTV. Exactly. That was the thing. It was like, oh, well, if it's, it was like a modular delivery. And they're like, well, if it's modular, then what, you know, there's like so many different things that are going to like cut and streamline it. And then I'm like, this is a client that doesn't know anything about modular because yes, there are some things that modular does to help speed things up. And it's mostly in the construction side of things, unless you're buying a off the shelf modular product, but there's, you know, so many different things. And I don't want to start talking about modular, but I mean, the thing was, is that they've, they've set an unrealistic expectation of the design process. And, and so they've got it wrapped in their mind that things are going to be quicker. And so when clients start demanding things quicker and quicker and quicker, we're going to need to do one of two things. We're either going to say, pump the brakes. This isn't how it works. You need to slow down. This is what the process is. Educate them on the process and stuff. Or we're going to say, oh yeah, we can do that. And then we take a bath. Then we... Well, you know, and I think that happens a lot, right? I think that oh, absolutely. If, if you won't sign up to do it, somebody else will. Yep. And they might be disappointed with the actual performance there, but they also might get what they want. I mean, if, well, if somebody's I, work, willing to work or, or throw a ton of people at it or throw the interns at it or yeah. whatever to, to get that goal accomplished, they'll do it. They'll cut as many corners as they possibly well, can I, to make it happen. So I said, if we had the right, the right amount of staff and the right type of staff, then we might be able to, and then I also put through a couple of caveats. It's like, if, because they disclaimer, had like- Disclaimer, caveat, caveat. Exactly. It's just like, <laughs> if we knew the program and the layout of the program from day one, and it didn't change, then you could probably meet that deadline. It's like, otherwise, there's so many different things. It's just like, the staff needs to learn. How, there's so many different constraints about designing a route. Modular construction does not limit you if you understand all of the constraints that are embodied in a modular construction. If you understand that, you can design around, you can design almost anything, almost anything. Mm -hmm. And I thought we weren't going to yeah. talk about modular. We weren't, we weren't supposed to. So I'm going to just shut up. I'm just going <laughs> to shut up. Well, I, you know, the, the AI but, thing, just to get back to that, that, that comment about, you know, AIs and interns. And firms using AI versus firms that aren't, you know, the, the, where do you draw the line and be careful what you ask for mm -hmm. and all these things. There's one thing that I'm noticing with what's going on in the world of AI with OpenAI and Meta mm -hmm. and the, the, there's several companies. There's Claude, who I think is uh, Anthropic is the name of the company that's published another one called Claude. And if if I can see, if I can read the tea leaves now, it's that there is a, nobody is going to have a distinct advantage. And so right mm -hmm. now there are companies who are charging for access and there are other companies who are giving it away. Okay. And I think that is a clear sign 
that these tools are not going to be unattainable for most people. I think they're going to be widely available for everybody. Right. And and so there's there's not going to be a barrier to entry to use the tools, right? But what that means, I think then, is that architecture firms will all be using them. All They'll all be using them. And so it's not going to be like any firm will be able to put a flag in the ground and say, we're the most innovative AI using firm out there because mm-hmm. everybody's going to be using the same tools, just like they already do. Everybody right. uses Revit. Everybody right. uses SketchUp. Everybody uses Rhino. Everybody uses Teams or Slack or Zoom or whatever the equivalent is. And the commoditization of the tools is exactly what's happened right. with the commoditization of the services of architecture. Yeah. All the firms offer the same services. They all charge the same fees. I mean, and so in order to differentiate yourself, you could be early to any one of these things. You mm-hmm. could have been early to the metaverse. You could have been early to AI, but that doesn't last long, right? right? And so, And so you really have to, I think, get back to what we talked about earlier, which is your client's experience. Yeah. Their experience during the process, their experience in the outcome right. of right. the design process with the actual building over its lifespan, not just the post-occupancy survey right. point in time, right? Yeah. All of those things. But I think that that is, again, where architects have to get back to is, is right. you can use these tools to your advantage. Use them as any way that you possibly can to do all the things that you need to do to deliver a better, more valuable experience for your clients. Right. These are just tools. I think I think that's the good punctuation right there. All right. Till next time. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Cheers.